Hi there, and welcome to the North County Beat. This podcast from the Coast News Group is out every other week. Today is Friday, April 3rd, and so much has happened in the past two weeks since our last episode regarding this COVID-19 pandemic. We're going to fill you in on all of that, but first we want to shout out a sponsor of the Coast News and the North County Beat, Cox Communications. Cox Communications offers high-quality Gigablast internet services that help families stay online as schools and offices remain closed. Get more information at cox.com. Now let's take a look at where things are with COVID-19. At the time of this recording, there are 10,773 reported cases in the state of California with 238 deaths. In San Diego County, there are 966 cases with about 153 of those cases in the North County area. So far, the county has 16 deaths. Right now, the age group with the most reported cases is 30 to 39, with the 20 to 29 age group close behind. Beaches and trails are still closed. Carlsbad just announced that they're prohibiting parking along both sides of Carlsbad Boulevard, from the village all the way down to Ponto Beach. Only essential businesses like grocery stores, hospitals, and the post office are bringing employees into work. And, by the way, they are now required by the county to wear facial coverings on the job. Up at the San Onofre Nuclear Generating Station, or SONGS, orders to stay home have limited some of the deconstruction work there, but not all of it. The station is continuing to transfer spent nuclear fuel from wet to dry storage. That raised an eyebrow for Congressman Mike Levin, who represents the 49th district that houses the plant. In a statement, he showed concern, suggesting that this specific activity be reconsidered as part of the plant's essential work. So far, that work is going on as planned. As we reported in our last episode, many local businesses are struggling under the latest social distancing guidelines. So now cities are finding ways to lend a helping hand. In Encinitas, Main Street associations are banding together to create a $100,000 relief fund that would provide grants to local businesses in need. Irene Pian with Encinitas 101 says these are not the same as loans. These mini grants that we're offering the businesses, you know, anywhere from $2,000 to $10,000, that's just money in their pocket to help them. If you want to donate to the relief fund, you can head to EncinitasSupportFund.com. San Marcos is also doing their part to help out businesses. Mayor Rebecca Jones just signed a $3 million stimulus package to help out small business owners affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. Coast News reporter Steve Paterski spoke with Mayor Jones to learn more about the stimulus package and who it's going to help. Mayor, just tell me a little bit about how the formation of this stimulus package came about and what you guys saw the need for in, in your city. In San Marcos, we've always been historically very, very business friendly. A few years ago, I think it's been five years now, uh, we hired our first economic development manager, and she's now our uh, economic development uh, director, and that is uh, Tess Sangster. During all of this time where we started to hear more about what was going on with COVID-19, you know, we sort of talked internally about, you know, what what can we do to help our businesses? So we set up, um, first we set up our COVID-19 COVID website. Um, that's that you have a link right from our city website. And we put all of the different resources on there. This is what uh, you can do as far as um, your uh, unemployment. And, you know, we put all of our businesses that remained open, like for instance, your restaurants and that sort of thing. Tess and our, our city manager, Jack Griffin, 
they really started thinking about what else can we do for our community. And so they came up with this idea of the, um, the loan program. So it's a short, uh, short-term loan program, uh, not to exceed $3 million of our, uh, uh, of our reserves. And, you know, one thing too, that I'd like to mention is, you know, we're, we're about 57 years old now. We've had great steady leadership for many, many years. And we are in a place where we do have some reserves. And so, you know, investing in our community, I think is very important. You know, you have different ways of doing that. You know, some cities spend a lot of money on infrastructure. We do that as well. But, um, you know, how can we as a city with our entrepreneurial um, attitude that we've always had in, you know, invest into the community. So this uh, short, uh, short-term loan program we set up, starting last Wednesday, we opened it up for applications. And to date, as of yesterday, we have over 50 applications. Over the last several weeks, um, obviously being the mayor, uh, a lot of people have probably come to you. So what, what are some of the things now that this loan application or this program is in place, um, what have you been hearing from you know, the business owners or the business community about what the city has done? I think a lot of people are really um, pretty excited that we would take this step to help our community because it, it is, it's like I said, it's, it's keeping people um, uh, working. And now, you know, that the federal government has taken their action too, we really look at this as an augmentation of that. But all of the businesses that have applied, we are also talking to them and working with them um, to also get the federal aid as well. And so, you know, I, a lot of people are just saying, wow, I, I'm so excited that the city cares this much about our community. And the truth is, is that that really is the message. I think this is a message of hope and we believe in our community and we're willing to, you know, I, I believe that we will get paid back. Um, I believe that, you know, that the program does have the safeguards to um, help protect the city. But I think it's also, um, you know, our community coming together and, times like this you just have to take extraordinary steps that maybe you wouldn't generally but i think that this is the time we come together and this is where we really prove how much a community is one and how connected we are as long as we are able i i say that we should work as much as possible to help encourage our local businesses which again is jobs in our community and uh, keeping people working some great context for Mayor Jones on how communities are coming together to keep businesses going during these tough times. But there is one essential business that is actually doing pretty well right now. And no, it's not the grocery stores. It's cannabis. My name is Mike Milano. I'm the owner of Coastal Wellness Dispensary. We are a medical dispensary located in the city of Vista. Milano opened his medical dispensary about five weeks ago. And even with coronavirus impacting the economy, his traffic has actually increased. He sees this corresponding with higher levels of anxiety given the current situation. But he says there's another factor, too. You know, there's nothing to do. Everything's closed. So I think, you know, people are obviously staying home. They're, they're hanging out at home. They're watching movies, playing games. And I think some people are just adding cannabis into that mix in, in lieu of alcohol, honestly. While Milano isn't doing delivery just yet, Coastal Wellness is offering curbside pickup and they are closely adhering to social distancing guidelines in the shop itself. 
Anyone who's hit the grocery store in the past few weeks has probably experienced empty shelves where items like Lysol wipes, toilet paper, and canned goods once sat. Master distiller Nicholas Hammond saw this too. And since his business in Oceanside, Pacific Coast Spirits, is closed right now, he's temporarily switched from making whiskey to making hand sanitizer that's in line with federal and global regulations. All the distilleries here in San Diego and California around the nation are, are working to, to produce it. So we're all following the same standards now, uh, the World Health Organization standards. Um, they have basically put a recipe together for us and what to make. This is kind of our, this is where our world, chemicals, uh, you know, making alcohol, production, this is what we do. Hammond is working with major chemical companies and distribution companies who are looking to restock hand sanitizer in stores across the nation. Also in Oceanside, another business is helping people get the essentials. CSA deliveries from the Yasukochi family farm have skyrocketed since social distancing guidelines went into effect. Overnight, since this coronavirus thing started, we opened it up from not just North County, but all of San Diego to uh, 3,000 boxes plus a, a week. That's Brent Yasukochi, who works with the farm. These community-supported agriculture boxes contain various produce from the farm, which they try to change up each week. New orders can be placed on their website. That's the latest from the past two weeks involving the coronavirus impact here in North County. If you want more updates daily, make sure you bookmark our Coast News COVID-19 resources page. It's got a ton of links and information to guide you through a local situation. You can even find restaurants to order from, online activities to keep your kids entertained, county updates, and so much more. That's updated twice a day by our editor. And remember, it's on our website, thecoastnews.com. So please check that out for more information. Now this next story goes out to all the parents out there educating your kids while balancing your own jobs, whether you're working from home or still going into the workplace. With schools closed indefinitely to reduce the risk of spreading coronavirus, these are unprecedented times for many districts around the world and, of course, here in our own area. Okay, so Lou, you have your iReady book, pages 381 to 384? Yep. Okay. And then, um, Andre, what are you working on? I'm just working on my Excel. And you're going to do about 20 minutes of that? Sure. Okay, I'll put the timer on. Encinitas resident Beth Garrett is home getting her two boys started on their lessons for the day. Don't worry, I wasn't actually there. She sent me that clip. But it's a glimpse into the new normal for many parents turned teachers who have had to guide lessons for a few weeks now. So we just want to make sure they're reading, they're writing, they're getting a little bit of math, they're getting a little art, and... Some music. Some music. Yeah. And that's a, that's a successful day. Beth has two sons at Ocean Knoll Elementary School in the Encinitas Union School District. Andre, who's 12, is in sixth grade, while the younger one, Lucian, is nine and wrapping up third. Both Beth and her husband, Ben Garrett, have been keeping up with their actual jobs as well. They're creatives. Beth teaches yoga to kids and dance to adults, and she's been coming up with classes both to post and live stream. Ben is the creative director for a small app development company, and although his team has always been remote, it's a different dynamic right now. We're doing our best, but we've had to slow down because everyone's got family at home now. Um, and so that's, you know, there's just a million things that we're all thinking about and then obviously trying to take care of kids and, and whatnot. With so many parents taking on double or triple duty, 
Teachers have also tried to help out while districts work on an official learning plan. Jessie Kahn is a teacher at Ocean Knoll Elementary, and while she has her own kids to take care of, she still wanted to make sure that things were a little bit easier for parents. I started meeting with my class last week, even though Encinitas said, you know, everything's optional, but I just, I wanted to give parents even like an hour, (laughs) you know, that they could try to wrap their heads around this while I met with their children. The first priority for school districts when they closed in mid-March was the social and emotional health of students making sure that they adjusted okay to the new changes. At the same time, districts were shaping their game plan for moving forward since all of these events unfolded really quickly. Last week we were in school, you know, one day our first letter out was, we're still in school, nothing has changed, everything's fine. And then, you know, by the Friday of that week, we were sending students home for a two-week closure. Amy Illingworth is the assistant superintendent at the Encinitas Union School District. The district has dabbled in online classroom technology for a while, and now they're launching their own distance learning program on April 13th, once they're off spring break. The program is designed to be flexible, Illingworth explains. Well, our teachers are going to be creating content that families can access, again, via their iPad from the school, whenever it's convenient for them. So for some families, it might be that 8 to 10 a.m. is the prime time for them to get some reading done and then some math, and then they come back in the afternoon and do a little more. Um, We are really leaving the schedule open to families and what meets their needs. At the high school level, however, this has been a bit harder to do. Classes at San Diego Union High School District are synchronous right now, meaning that students participate in lessons together at the same time. District Superintendent Robert Haley recognizes that this isn't ideal for everyone, and they're talking about changing it. Schools in his district also have to worry about distributing big exams like AP tests and figuring out ways to fairly assess students in a space where grades really matter. You know, if you're in fourth grade, you do assignments because your teacher tells you to and your parents want you to. If you're 17, you're a junior in high school, you're going to say, well, how's this going to impact my grade? And so we need to get that dialed in. Another big part of the distance learning conversation at every grade level has been student equity. In the high schools, students can pick up Chromebooks to use for instruction. In the elementary schools, Illingworth says they made sure that each student had their school-issued iPad at home and, most importantly, a way to get online. So before we could even decide what distance learning would look like, we've been addressing how we get internet access to families in need. And we were very proactive in that we already owned 50 hotspots that we've been able to check out to families in need that we owned from long before this COVID began. Now that brings up another reality for school districts in the county. In many situations, these schools provide resources that some students may not have access to at home, like internet access and reliable tech. But there's something else included in this. Hot lunch? Uh, this is, okay, lunch. They're making Thank that so for much. lunches? Thank they're, you. Have a good day, guys. Bye. Breakfast and lunch. With schools closed, students lose access to the cafeteria, where they receive a daily lunch and, for some, a daily breakfast. Most districts have stepped up to distribute free meals to all of their families. At the Earl Warren Middle School in Solana Beach, cars line up as families get out one at a time to pick up their meals for the next two days from district cafe worker Susanna Patton. See what's in here. There's a yogurt parfait, there's juices, milks, two of everything or three of everything. They distribute twice a week, giving out two breakfasts and two lunches on Tuesday and three of each meal on Thursday. Right now, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. Right now, 55. 55. 
today. And is that just like individual meals? Or like 20. 55 people served? 55 children. Yeah, very cool. So this looks like it's a... Patton explains these are helping all types of families. Busy parents who may not have time to cook with all the kids at home. And students like Kevin Sotelo, a senior at Torrey Pines High School, whose family is now out of work because of coronavirus business closures. We're head on money since the economy is down and we're not working. Mm -hmm. And me and my parents haven't applied for our uh, unemployment yet. So we haven't gotten any, benef any benefits yet. And we're running out of money and food. So this is really helping us for breakfast for us. The coronavirus has also impacted all of the major events that Kevin was looking forward to as a high school senior. I'm not having my senior week. I'm not having my graduation. Like it's kind of I was stressed for the first week, but now I'm like whatever. To be honest, if I graduate, I'm happy that I graduated. Right now, the latest from the governor's office says schools should not expect to reopen this academic year. That's a tough pill for Superintendent Haley to swallow, since the San Diego High School District doesn't let out until the end of June, unlike other California schools that ended May. Since Governor Newsom's announcement isn't an executive order, Haley still has a plan in place should it be safe to go back, even if that's just for a week or so. The pandemic, he says, has made many people realize that school is more than just a place to learn. They get fed there, they get to interact with their peers there, they get guidance from teachers there, they have clubs that get them excited. One of the students that I communicate with, he's a senior and he's a swimmer, and this was his big last opportunity to be on a team and to compete. You can't replicate that in the virtual world. The physical presence of school, the social connectedness is critical, I think, for our students. So while we don't know if or when schools can get back to normal this year, the district officials I spoke with said these disruptions should not prevent any students from advancing to the next grade. Now it's up to state and counties to determine what curriculum is going to look like once all of this cools down. So while school lets out for students, it could be a very busy summer for education officials. Parents, teachers, and students should stay tuned. There is so much to talk about when it comes to the impact of coronavirus in our county. The Coast News is still going strong. Every Friday, we've got a new edition on stands and online to keep you informed. And by the way, if you need a little something to brighten up your quarantine, check out the latest from our column, Cheers North County. Contributor Ryan Wolt digitally kicked back with the guys from the Beer Night in San Diego podcast, and he found out why they got started and what they're up to now. So grab your own craft brew of choice and check that out on our website, thecoastnews.com. A very refreshing interview. You definitely want to check it out. That's all we've got for you this week on the North County Beat. Please remember, things are changing rapidly with the coronavirus. Check out your city's websites for the most up-to-date information and resources so that you can stay safe and healthy during this pandemic. We'll be coming at you again on Friday, April 17th with our next episode of the North County Beat. Now it's time to thank a couple of people on our way out today. Contributing reporters Tawny McRae, Samantha Nelson, and Steve Petersky. Our editor-in-chief is Jordan Ingram. Our associate publisher is Chris Kidd. And our publisher is Jim Kidd. I'm Kelly Kyle. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, be safe out there and have a great weekend.